The day is over, but the night has just begun. This is WTMJ Nights, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue. Here's your host, Brian Noonan. Good evening. Welcome. Glad you are here. It is WTMJ Nights. Big show all the way till 9. Hope you get involved. You can always call the Old National Bank. Talk and text line at 855-616-1620. When you do, you'll be talking to Matt. He's producing the big broadcast tonight. And if you want to text, start us off with your response to the text question of the night. What was your reaction when you learned of the latest indictment of Donald Trump? That came out yesterday, about this time, a little, about 23 hours ago, we started hearing the news, and then Jack Smith talked to us. What was your reaction when you learned of the latest indictment of Donald Trump? 855-616-1620, that is the old National Bank Talk and Text Line, and that is the text question of the night. Matt, we're back, you were very excited uh, that we had a whole show, you're very energetic, you were very optimistic. Uh, I'm going to try to live up to that advanced optimism. Got to have some advanced optimism, especially considering our first topic on the docket for well, today. You got, you got to hit the hard news right out of the gate. Uh, you got to because it's the biggest thing, and, and and we keep hearing how historic this is again. This is now the third indictment. I don't know how many are going to remain uh, historic, but uh, yeah, we, you got to. There's as I was watching, I watched the first about ten fifteen minutes of network news at five thirty, and um, it was obviously a lot of stories about the indictment. Then it was the story about the evacuation of the Senate buildings in Washington today because someone had called in a report of an active shooter. So they had to evacuate all the Senate buildings. Uh, the Capitol was on lockdown. Turns out there was no active shooter, thank goodness. But uh, the police said it was probably a hoax. Well, that's all in, you know, they're blaming that on the fact that tomorrow Donald Trump will be in Washington, D.C. Um, to get turn himself in and face the charges on this indictment. Uh, he'll get fingerprinted and processed like he has on the other ones. And um, so they're saying, well, you know, security is high. So those two, those two big national stories. Then there was a story of a woman who had been um, kidnapped and put in a cinder block room in this guy's basement. Thank, thank goodness she escaped. They found out this guy was a serial predator and uh, they arrest him. But it was like one story after another, and it's every day like that. So um, your optimism for the show is, you know, I, I think well-placed. But my optimism for the country, <laughs> just... Um, Not there. Like, thank, <laughs> thank God the fair is starting tomorrow. That's all I could say. Uh, a cream puff and something deep-fried on a stick can put a salve over everything. But, yeah, it's it's just crazy, you know. And here's my question. And we're going to go over just a little bit. I, I know you've been hearing about this indictment all day. And we're not going to spend a lot of time on the actual indictment because if you don't know what's in it, we'll give you just a, qu a couple quick uh, headlines of the things that are revealed in this, stuff that we learned from this new indictment, uh, which a lot of us had heard anyway from different reports. But now it's official. Uh, Jack Smith once again coming on television last night and uh, I'm sure you heard it here on WTMJ as well. And pretty much just saying a very short statement as he had done the last time. Uh, I, I would hope the American people would read this. It spells out everything. They did, uh, I believe it's called a site indictment, which means it's 
easily readable for you and I, who are not well-versed in legalese. So you can go through and read it. You know, we've been hearing about this all the time. But the main question that I have for you is, are we starting, are we starting or have we become desensitized or just tired of all of these kind of stories? You know, this is now the third indictment of a former president. Uh, the first one, people couldn't believe it. That was in Manhattan. Then there came the one about the files. Now there's this one in relation to January 6th. A couple of weeks ago, it was, hey, guess what? The government uh, has been covering up for aliens. What? Really? Can you show us? No. Okay, well, we'll look at something else. And then we all kind of, I don't know if it's out of a sense of survival mode or just disinterest or the fact that the news cycle just keeps churning and doesn't give us a lot of time to really hang on to something. We move on. We're worried about the Barbie movie. We were worried about the MLB trade deadline. We were worried about any number of, you know, the heat, the heat, the heat all over the country. There's so many things to worry about that even when someone tells you that something is historic, you know, is it really? Can it be historic if it happens every couple months? I don't, I don't think so, but that's how we're feeling. So that's what I want to get from you. Not only your, answer to the text question of the night, which was, what was your reaction when you heard of the latest indictment of Donald Trump? But have you become desensitized? And why do you think the thing, things like this, the indictment, the aliens, the heat, they don't affect us anymore? Are we just beaten down? Uh, a couple reactions from the 262, they reacted with joy. Uh, different 262, no reaction to this indictment. When he's elected president, he will pardon himself. At that point, Merrick Garland and Jack Smith will mysteriously disappear, never to be heard from again. Wow, that is foreboding. I uh, See, and right there, that text adds to just the overall shaking of your head and uh, shoulders going, What what is going on here? We'll talk about a little bit of the specifics of the indictment and uh, why we be why we may be becoming desensitized to all of this. We'll do that. After we do this, because it's WTMJ. You're listening to WTMJ Nights. Brian Noonan, WTMJ Nights. Our text question of the night. What was your reaction when you heard of the latest indictment of Donald Trump? Um, we're going to, we're, you know, this, this whole thing. My question is, though, how, why are we becoming so desensitized to this? Because everything... Everything cannot be historic. Somebody from the 262, that SOB tried to stage a coup. What is more important than indicting this criminal? Uh, I don't think anything is. That, But the problem is <clears throat> there are people who are uh, voraciously following this. And there are people who are just like, oh, another one? It, wh what does it matter? Nothing's going to happen. It's, you know, they're going to delay things because we know the law. And as much as... As much as we want the law on our side, we also want to see the law move a little quicker. And we don't know if it's going to. And, you know, so, all right, you've got all three indictments, all these charges against uh, somebody. Are they even going to, is anything going to happen? I don't think so. My my thought is, yes, I'm glad, uh, I'm you know, I'm glad they're, they filed the indictments. I'm glad there's going to be a trial. I think everybody deserves a fair trial. And um, that includes anybody who 
served, uh, you know, in office. So if the former president is charged with this, he deserves a, a fair trial too. But I would like the trial to uh, to get going. Dwayne has been hanging on. Hi, Dwayne. Charged with this? Yeah. Hey, how you doing? I'm all right, thanks. I'm, how are you? I'm not really too. I'm not really too interested in Mr. Trump. You know, this is all what's going to happen. What he supposedly did. I'd like to go back up to the administration previously and the charges that had not been uh, brought up against certain people. Okay, Jeffrey Dwayne. Epstein supposedly killed himself. Jeffrey Epstein. Dwayne, had I'm going to stop, I'm gonna stop you. I'm going to stop you right there, Dwayne, and, and thank you for the call. I appreciate it. Um, we're not going to do what about isms here. There have been investigations into past administrations. There has never been anything that has risen to an indictment. Uh, I'm not in charge of who gets indicted, but we're not talking about the past. That's That, I think, is the problem for a lot of people, myself sometimes included. It's, hey, we're not going to worry about this. What about that? And that's that's bothers me the most. It's like, okay, listen. I've said I said it with the Hunter Biden thing last week. If there are, if there are crimes, I didn't. I agreed that they threw out that plea bargain that said he could never be tried for or charged with any other things. That's happening right now. Something that happened eight years ago, ten years ago, twelve years ago. There were investigations, a lot of testimony. Nothing, nothing ever came of it. So we're worried about right now and another federal indictment of a former president this is these are a few of the things we learned from this indictment that uh donald trump was trying to delay election certification during the january 6th attack um the indictment notes that after it became clear that mike uh, pence would not fraudulently alter the election results uh the elect on the the attack on the capitol halted the electoral certification. As violence ensued, the indictment claims the defendant and his co-conspirators exploited the disruption by redoubling efforts to levy false claims of election fraud and convince members of Congress to further delay the certification based on those claims. Another thing is that during and after violence at the Capitol, Trump and Giuliani kept pressuring GOP lawmakers to delay certification. Um... The indictment reveals for the first time the extent of Trump and Giuliani's efforts to continue pushing lawmakers to delay the certification process during and after the worst of the violence at the Capitol. Uh, Loyalists welcomed the possibility of widespread violence and suggested martial law. Uh, Co-conspirator number four on January 3rd spoke to Patrick Philbin, Deputy White House Counsel, warned that there would be, quote, role there would be riots, rather, in every major U.S. city in the United States, end quote. If Trump remained in office, co-conspirator number four replied, that's why there's an insurrection act. That uh, another thing that came out was that Donald Trump personally reinstated language attacking Pence into his January 6th speech. Uh, the indictment claims that at 11.15 that morning, Trump called Pence once again and pressured him to fraudulently reject or return Biden's overturn uh Biden's legitimate electoral votes. Right after the call, the defendant decided to single out the vice president in public remarks he would make within the hour, reinserting language that he had personally drafted earlier that morning 
falsely claiming that the vice president had authority to send electoral votes to the states. He also said he'd give a national security crisis, quote, to the next guy. And then Mike Pence, it came out, took contemporaneous notes uh, of a meeting with Donald Trump. The indictment notes that Pence took those notes during one meeting with Trump and alleged co-conspirator John Eastman. Uh, the indictment alleges that Trump knowingly false claims of election fraud during that meeting. Holy cow. Um, yes. Well, Linda, I don't know if you're a lawyer. Linda texting in. Uh, Scott hasn't uh, hosted this show for a long time, Linda, but that's all right. Uh, none of that rises to the level of a crime. Well, here's the thing. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not the judge. I'm not the, you know, the grand jury thought it, there was enough proof there to issue an indictment. Now it's going to be up to the judge and the jury and the trial. So you're welcome to your opinion that it doesn't rise to the level of a crime. I, you know, I'll defer for now to the grand jury, which is made up of just citizens like you and I and Republicans, Democrats, all of it. So that's, uh, that's what I can do now. They said it does rise to the level of a crime. So we're going to go. We're going to go to the trial. And then maybe you'll be right, Linda. Maybe you won't be. But, and again, we've got, we've got some whataboutisms. Man, people love to not, and, and this is not just in politics. People love the whataboutisms. What about Hillary? What about this? What about those? It's like you're seven. What about those other kids who got to talk in class? What about those other kids who got a tree? Or why did why did he get a cookie and I didn't? It's not about that. Uh, it's just it's just crazy. So those are the, those are the new things. But here, you know, we're all so busy being distracted by one thing or another that we can't we we can't focus on anything for too long. People will argue. Both uh, the far reaches of both sides will start screaming and yelling. Uh, this is the greatest thing ever. This is the worst thing ever for this country. Blah blah blah. They'll argue, and then the rest of us will go. Oh, we got to hear about this again, and then we'll focus on something else, because we're not going to argue about this for, you know, the next year and a half until the trial, because there is going to be a trial, whether you think whether you think what he's charged with or not are crimes or not. That's okay, because your beliefs don't really match up with reality. You can think they're not crimes. The grand jury, the grand jury thinks there's enough proof to take it to trial. That's where everything will be proven. Uh, but we're not going to argue about that because now, you know, after tomorrow, when Donald Trump goes to the courthouse, um, then it'll be done till. Is is there going to be an indictment out of Georgia? That's still on the table. That's still talking. Then we'll then we'll be told that that's historic too. The entire process, I do think, is can be painted as historic. But every indictment is not historic anymore because we've seen it. It's like the hundred year flood that happens every year. Oh, it's another hundred year flood. Uh, no, I don't think that's true. Uh, it's, you know, so, so we have to, we, we've just, we're overcome with the news cycle all the time. We're pounded with politics every day. 
you know, 24-hour news cycle, social media, everything. We keep getting all this bad news, bad news, and enough bad news, and you start looking for anything else. That's why everybody was fixated on the Barbie movie. Because, but then the Barbie movie, the Barbie movie became an arguing point. Because Have you seen the Barbie movie, Matt? I have not, but I've heard reviews. I've heard, I haven't seen it either. And not for any political uh, reason. I just, I'm like, uh, I'll wait, I'll see when it comes on uh, cable or something. But I've heard good, I've heard really good reviews. But then I've heard people arguing that it's anti-man and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh my God, it's a movie about a plastic doll. Can we relax? <laughs> Don't we have other things that we should worry about? No, I can't wait till the Care Bear movie comes out and we find out that Rainbow Bear has been banned because he's got a rainbow on him. <laughs> and so, that's some sort of indoctrination. Teddy bears are now making people get what? Shut up. Stop. Oh, my goodness. It, we're, we're out of control. Out of control. Uh, I'm out of control because I just keep talking when I should be going to a break so we can get to the news. So I'll do that right here on WTMJ. This is WTMJ Nights. Yes, it is. We're here till 9 o'clock tonight. A lot to get to. Oh, my goodness. Um, on the other side of the news, in case there weren't enough reasons to question your visit to Florida, another another big reason not to go. And then, if you are looking for a new job, I may have a lead for you. Brian Nooner, WTMJ Knights, 855-616-1620 is the old National Bank talk and text line. Feel free to talk or text. Either way, uh, just when you thought Florida couldn't get any scarier, whether it's, uh, whether it's the political climate down there, the weather, the fact that the, uh, the ocean is turning into a hot tub, uh, oh my goodness, leprosy is back. Now, I don't know about you. Uh, I haven't. I thought leprosy was gone. I didn't. I thought we had gotten rid of leprosy. I uh, remember being a kid and them talking about um, a leper colony in Hawaii and you know oh leper colonies in countries overseas and you know talking about Jesus healing the lepers in church. But um, I didn't know we were still. I didn't know we were still. Have you ever heard of leprosy, Matt? Is that a disease you're familiar with i haven't even heard of it i'm googling it right now just to <laughs> you figure it out you shouldn't have heard of it let's be honest you're you know in this day first last year when we heard measles were coming back i was like wait a minute i thought we got rid of the measles in the 60s and the 70s but then it was because people weren't getting their kids the measles vaccine so measles came back well that's not the case for leprosy and central florida Right where Mickey lives, I don't think it's, I don't think it's, uh, you know, related. But Central Florida, the Orlando area, is where leprosy is busting out all over. There's been a cluster of cases in the area. Central Florida could be an unexpected leprosy hotbed. That's never a sentence you want put with your community. Oh, you live in the leprosy hotbed. Yeah, that's not going to be good for real. This might be the time. This might be the time. And I listen, I, I don't mean to make fun. If you're a real estate speculator, this might be the time. Um, 
Cautioning, so this one doctor has been cautioning other health care providers to be on the lookout for similar cases in the area. So according to a research letter, Central Florida has reported among the highest rates of leprosy in the United States. In 2020, 159 cases were reported nationwide, compared with 200,000 new cases each year. The new letter says Central Florida accounted for 81% of cases in Florida and one out of five leprosy cases nationwide. Now, I didn't know much about leprosy because, I, like I said, I thought it was gone, but it's caused by a bacteria that I cannot pronounce, uh, Mycobacterium leprae. It attacks nerves under the skin. Nobody knows exactly how it spreads. That's the problem. A lot of belief is that it's via droplets when an infected person coughs or sneezes. That sounds familiar to just about, I don't know, every disease. Everything spreads through droplets. Symptoms include lesions and rashes uh, that are numb or lack uh, sensation. Somebody, somebody texted in to, from the 262 because of armadillos. Well, that may be, but... Um, I was just getting to that. Nine bad in armadillos in the southeastern United States can also carry the bacteria. Studies have linked human infections to the leprosy strains carried by armadillos, but the problem is it's not always clear how humans encounter armadillo-carried bacteria. Many patients can't even recall having contact with armadillos. So that's why, yes, because most of us had heard that armadillos carry the bacteria, and they do, but we don't know if it's related. It's the the symptom or the the disease has similarities to armadillo leprosy, but not really. It's not transmitted through casual contact, like shaking hands or sitting next to uh, an infected person. It requires prolonged close contact with someone who has untreated leprosy over many months. That's according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. 95% of people aren't susceptible to the infection because their immune systems are generally programmed against it, and it's very rare in the United States. Um, so I don't, uh, I don't know how people are getting it, and neither do the doctors. That's what's got them worried, except they're like, there's uh, quite a few cases. 34% of the new cases uh, didn't have traditional risk factors. Uh, doctors have no idea how the people who get it are exposed. So, there you go. This is it. It's just so weird. Be between everything else that's happening in the country and the world, now we got leprosy popping back up. Like I said, we had measles popping back up. Things are just, uh, they're just going crazy. The uh, potentially endemic cases in Central Florida worry the doctors. Left untreated, the disease can paralyze the hands and feet, cause blindness, cause fingers and toes to shorten. Uh, it is curable, but treatment involves a combination of antibiotics taken over a few years. Oh, man. Uh, and it might not resolve like the skin uh, or nerve damage in people whose diagnoses have been delayed. That goes to show you how far medicine has evolved. Back, you know, years ago, or decades ago, centuries ago, people who had leprosy, they were sent away they because they thought everything was so contagious. So they sent them to places, uh, little leper colonies, they were called. But now they don't. If a provider uh, identifies leprosy, they have to report it to the state health department within 24 hours. Leprosy symptoms are often missed. 
So that's that's not good news. Well, just another uh, reason for me to stay out of Central Florida. One, the weather is it's too humid, too swampy down there. Plus everything else. Somebody else said, what's wrong with the political climate in Florida? I don't know. Uh, do some research. We're not going to argue Florida's. We're not going to sit in Wisconsin and argue about Florida's political climate uh, with their governor. So <laughs> we're just going to leave that there. Um, maybe you're Maybe you're looking for a job. Maybe you don't want to venture out, but you'd be willing to for the right opportunity. Do you like to play games? Do you like to make money? I may be able to hook you up. I'll give you the deets after this. WTMJ. Jay Knights. Yes, sir. Glad you're here. Uh, oh, boy. I like playing games. We play... Uh, We've played this game at home. There is a, a new search for somebody who likes to play games, especially Uno. Do you like playing Uno? Matt, are you an Uno player? Oh, yeah. Who doesn't play Uno? I think you have to be some sort of uh, some sort of communist not to play Uno. It's a, one, it's an easy game if you have, if you have kids, you know, because little kids can, they can get the colors, they can get the numbers. It's an easy game, and it's also a fun game as an adult. Well, if you are a really good Uno player, Mattel is looking for a chief Uno player to challenge people to play the brand's games and generate wild social media content. So unless you are a uh, an influencer of a certain age, I'm guessing this is going to this is a job for a younger person. But but maybe you're maybe you're in your fifties and you can create wild social media content. One person is going to get $4,444 a week for a four-week gig. So that equals out to about almost 18000 bucks for a month. Not bad. Not bad. But you have to be in New York City. Mm, there's there's a little drawback because that, that 18000 that's barely going to make your rent. Um, no, I'm kidding. But not by much. I, I may be exaggerating a little. But... Um, Anyway, so it's going to take place in New York City. You are going to work four days a week for four hours a day. It sounds pretty simple. 2 p.m. to 6 p.m. from September 13th to October 7th. Matt, if you put in for any time off, we're going to know where you're going to be. Oh, yeah. I'll be stacking draw twos on top of draw fours, some wild cards. Man, oh, man, you got it down. Are you going to try to hustle these uh, the online rubes that are going to play you? Depends on what rules you play by. I think they need to play by the proper rules, which is you are allowed to stack. Really? Is that the proper? I didn't know there was. I didn't know there was more than one type of rules for. Uno. I, I don't know. I'm not that guy from dodgeball that has the rule book in the middle of a game during a Uno <laughs> it match. Sounds almost like you are. But it's just it's house rules. It's how you play with the people you're familiar with. Which if you play with two different groups, it messes you up. You can't win. So you're allowed to, in the official rules, you're allowed to stack those cards? I'll have to get back to you on that. In my official right, rules, well, no. yes. Then I would say yes. Then, then you must be able to do that. That's if, if those are the rules printed on the top of the box, those are the rules you play by. That's We've had that argument lately playing Scrabble as well. You know, d debating. Oh, is this? No. Then we go. we got to go back to the box. You got to read on the box because that's where they that's where they print the rules so kids can't lose them and they go I don't know I'll just make rules up as I go. Uh, the person, if you want to do this, you're going to be interviewed and star in live streams that feature Uno Quattro, 
teaching strangers how to play the game. They'll also be have to, you have to be able to lift 50, and carry fifty pounds, Matt, and set up tables and tents at various locations. So you're basically going to be like one of those three card Monty guys, but you're going to be playing Uno for people. You have to be eighteen or older, a citizen or permanent resident, and based in the U.S. So if you're interested, go to Chief Uno Player website to apply. I think it sounds like fun if you just, uh, you know, I would imagine if you are just got out of college and you're big into making social media posts and you could do clips and you do all that stuff. And Uno, the nice thing about Uno is it's not a hard game to learn. So even if you're one of the eight people who have never played Uno before, you should be able to pick it up. I don't know, 20 minutes, and that's after you've slept for 18 of those minutes because it is not a hard game unless you're playing against Matt, who's going to start uh, with all the stacking rules, which I had never heard of because I've always, you know, the you pick four. I'm trying to remember if I've ever, you know, because you draw four, right, and then you have the, boy, it's been uh, it's been a little while. I played it with uh, full rules for Uno. There are all kinds. Of, oh boy, there's Uno All Wild, Uno Attack, Uno Flip. Oh man, there's let's just stick with the rules. classic version here. We're not trying to reinvent the wheel. I don't know, but what if you get some uh, you know some rando comes up and goes, I always play Uno Attack. Uno Attack. Listen to all that's these like, different that's versions. like saying that's like I don't know. That's like saying I invented a new playing card game. Let's just play War or something. <laughs> All right, how many how many versions of Uno do you think there are? Just uh, give me a number. Ten. Ten. Fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty-four, twenty-five, twenty-six, twenty-seven, twenty-eight, there's original or classic, all wild, angry birds, attack, blast, blokish shuffle, braille, color ADD, uno corns, uno dare, uno dice, uno emoji, uno flash. There's a million different kinds of unos. They all have different rules. Then why is the game called Uno if there's 33? I don't know. Well, <laughs> there's one game, 33 versions. One game, I, the objective is to land at zero cards... Yes. And there's 33 versions. Listen, I'm I'm with you on this, Matt. I think it's way too many. I think I, you know, I think we have to stick with the one type. It's like if I it'd be like if I went to Vegas and I started and I started playing blackjack by my own rules. I wouldn't last very long. You wouldn't last very long in the casino. No, you'd be tossed. And there's what's what's also funny is there are about six, seven, eight websites that have Uno rules, but none of them are officially from Mattel. They're they're everybody else. Uh, you know, UnoRules.org, Dice Breaker. Well, there's Mattel. All right, we got to see. I'm trying to see if there's what it says about stacking. I read on an on that's the thing. I've read I think five different websites since I brought that point up. Yeah. It's a three two split against stacking, but at the same time it's a three two split. 
All right, wild draw four card. I think you should be able uh, to pass the next you to, person. To, you call the next color played and requires the next player to pick four cards from the draw pile. However, there is a hitch. You can only play this card when you don't have a card in your hand that matches the color of the card previously no, played. No, no, no. You get the draw four wild card. That I'm, is the weapon of mass destruction in Uno. I'm you should be able to play right that whenever you service, want. Service This is their card. This is their instructions. But then, um, if I'm holding a, a card, you may play a wild draw four. You may play your card, uh, even if they have a matching number or word card of a different color in their hand. If you suspect a player has played a wild draw four card illegally, you can challenge them. A challenged player must show his or her hand to the player who challenged. If the challenged player is guilty, they must draw the four cards. If the challenged player is not guilty, the challenger draws the four cards, plus two additional cards. Only the person required to draw the four cards can make the challenge. I don't know what to tell you, man. Rules are rules, but I don't like that rule. <laughs> I don't like – picture me in a, in the studio right now. You know, right. if, if I was yeah. holding a, a stack of Uno cards right now, right. Th- throw them down, thwack on the table, stand up, walk away. Maybe if I'm mad enough, I'll flip the table over because that is just wow. preposterous. Preposterous. I thought – I'm the same way. I figured if you had a wild card, you could play it because on the pick four, doesn't it have all four colors? Exactly, and that's the whole point of the wild card. The wild card, while it can be used as a finisher and – a wise strategy is to keep it till the end because then you right. have it and you can play it whenever you want. It can also be used as a setup because if you know your opponent's cards, you can play defense against them. Or if you only have a certain type of card, let's say I have a green card and the current color is yellow. Mm-hmm. It becomes my turn. I might be better off playing the wild card, calling yellow or calling another color to set up a better chance of a green coming around the next time it's my turn. I got you. Listen, man. Uh, it, it, I'm that's dumb. the way it is. Well, here, let me tell you what they say about a wild card. Before you get too crazy, I don't want you flipping anything over. When you play this card, you may change the color being played to any color. That's, that's what you said, including the current color, to continue play. You may play a wild card even if you have another playable card in your hand. If this card is turned up at the beginning of play, the person to the left of the dealer chooses chooses the color to begin play and plays the first card. How many fist fights have you gotten in over Uno, Matt? None over Uno. I almost gotten one over Monopoly Deal. I don't know if you've heard of that. I haven't heard of that one. It's Monopoly, but with cards, basically. Okay. And the objective is to get three Monopolies. All right. Uh, hard, hard stories from Monopoly. It sounds deal. very hard. Yes. Wow. And you got to, you seem like you would be intense to play a game. Uh, I'm competitive, but at the same time, it's I, not coming across I, at all. I don't know when. <laughs> I don't know when you got to break the fourth wall and uh, spoil the act. I'm not necessarily throw the cards down when I lose or swipe the chess pieces off the board when I lose, but, you know. I get upset. Some, I, sometimes I get upset you got to show emotion. Goes wrong. Yes. Oh, I, listen. I'm not. Uh, I agree with you 100. percent I am not the. Uh, I am not the best. Uh, the best loser in the world. Uh, now we're getting some. Now we're getting Uno strategies coming in on the text line. 
Jump in, Old National Bank, talk and text line, 855-616-1620. According to this texter in the 262, the best defense is to keep the pick four card until somebody says uno, and if it happens to be the person on your left, then you put down the pick uh, card so they cannot win the game and they have to pick four more cards. Wasn't that against the rules, though? It No, not the way I'm reading it. If you don't, unless you have, uh, unless you have the the card. But see, I I still disagree. I'm with you. I disagree with this uh, official rule card because I think if you have the pick four, you should be able to play the pick four whenever. I'd I'd agree with that too. Yeah. I don't know, because it's very confusing. They say one thing, then they say another. All right, listen, if you can figure out these rules and uh, you're happy about it, you can go ahead and uh, be the chief Uno player. All right, we went down a rabbit hole, and uh, we have to pop ourselves out and do a little business, which we'll do right now on WTMJ. The day is over, but the night has just begun. This is WTMJ Nights, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue. Here's your host, Brian Noonan. Welcome to the second hour of the big program. 855-616-1620 is the old National Bank talk and text line. I saw this today and it hit kind of close to home. Now, I know uh, age or being referred to as an older adult is relative. You know, uh, to a guy like Matt, maybe somebody in their mid to late 30s is considered an older adult. Uh, so it doesn't really matter where you fall. If you consider yourself an older adult, maybe this will resonate with you like it resonated with me. Um, there was a string on Reddit that asked, and I am asking you this too, what are you simply getting too old for? 855-616-1620. The old National Bank talking text. I, what are you simply getting too old for? And it's going to depend on your age. And so if you're going to text, give us your age and then tell us what you're getting too old for. If you're going to call, know that I'll probably ask how old you are. And you can give me just, you don't have to be specific. I know some people are very touchy about giving out their age. You just give me a ballpark. You know, I'm between 40 and 50. Or, you know, I'm between 40 and 55, whatever. But now I, I'm guessing, Matt, that I, as I say this, you're being a young man in your 20s. You're not too old for anything other than maybe sitting around in your footed pajamas watching Teletubbies. You're probably too old for that. Too old for that. that, yeah. You're you're still game for pretty much anything, right? Oh, yeah. This is uh, These are some of the things on the list. And I will... Some of these I'm not too old for. Some of these I agree with 100%. Uh, number three on this list was hangovers. Um, yes. Now, I have not had a hangover in, thank goodness, in a long time. But, you know, as a young man, I was not always the most responsible. And I would get hangovers. And when you're young, you can bounce back. Like, if I woke up, in college or or after after a night of uh, being out a little too late drinking a little you know if i had a couple of pepsis and some aspirin i was ready to go again now the last time i had a head uh, hangover was a couple of years ago and i was out for almost 2 days and i i hadn't even i had had a fraction 
of what I had had back in my youth. So at at my age, I a hangover, I am definitely, definitely too old for. Um, another one, anything that starts after 9 o'clock. Yeah, unless it's... Uh, Unless it's a movie that I'm watching at home, and even then, 9 o'clock, as I'm, you know, because now movies are usually like two and a half, three hours for a lot of them. I'm going, oh, boy, it's 9.30. That puts me at about midnight, 12.30. Eh, no, it's too late. I can't, uh, I, can't, I can't start that. And you know what's weird? And maybe you've experienced this. The first time you say something like that or make that decision, like I can't, you know. Somebody goes, hey, you want to come out? The The show starts at 10. And the first time you say, no, there's no chance I'm doing that. You don't think too much about it. You don't want to give in to the fact that maybe you're getting old and you just, you just don't have that desire anymore. But then the second time you say it, you're like, huh, all right. And then you, re then you really decide that, no, it's not just a one-time thing. I am definitely uh, too old to go to an event that starts after 9. Uh, from the 920, <laughs> they are 73 years old. They're too old to die young. All right, well, it's an that's angle. true. It, it's, <laughs> it makes sense. I hope you last a lot longer. Um, that was, you know, but yes, you're definitely too old, too old to die young at 73. Well, I don't know. Somebody who's 93 is going to go, uh, you're, you're pretty young. They would consider you dying young. Again, that's why I like age questions, because it's all relative. You know? Um, this is, there's uh, one, of, one of the things on this list that I, I, definitely, uh, I definitely empathize with this as much as I wish I didn't. Going places without a bathroom nearby. <laughs> Matt, you'll get to an age, and you won't get to it for a while, I hope. But you get to an age where you want to make sure you know where the bathrooms are. And that's not being gross. It's just everybody of a certain age, everybody of a certain age knows that's the truth. It's like, oh, yeah, I, I like to know where the bathroom is. Doesn't have to be a palatial bathroom. It could be in a, a porta potty or something, but I got to know where it is. Uh, from the 608, they're 64 years old, mowing the lawn and shoveling snow. I guess if you've been doing that for a long, you know, 64, you've probably been doing it most of your life. Uh, yeah, I can see being too old for that. I still enjoy I still enjoy mowing the lawn. I don't I will say I'm getting too old to live in a place with serious winters anymore. Every winter I say the same thing. And I'll say it in a few months, Matt. Things will start getting cold and icy, and I'll say the same thing. Why do we still live here? And you go, I don't know, you're a grown man. Move wherever you want. But uh, I get that one. So that is the question. That's what we're talking about. We'll get to some more on this list. Share yours, share mine, uh, and see if there is anything that young Matt is too old to do. 855-616-1620 is the old National Bank talk and text line. Let us know your age. And what are you simply getting too old for? It's WTMJ Nights. You're listening to WTMJ Nights. pass you by what are you simply getting too old for that's a question here on wtmj nights 855-616-1620 uh i know just for me 
I'm getting too old to go to like an all-day music festival. I just I have no desire to stand all that time. Uh, even if there are bands I like there, I don't want to be uh, in a crowd mashed together with people, never being able to to well find the aforementioned bathroom that we uh we talked about before always having to have a bathroom somewhere uh that's just that's just one thing personally i'm too old for uh there was one of the responses on reddit which again i uh i found very i had a lot in common with sitting on the ground or sitting on the floor um i used to like to sit on the floor you know when my daughter was little or when my nieces were real little and I'd play with them, I'd sit on the floor. Now, the thought of getting down on the floor, uh, getting down is okay. It's the getting up off the floor that is troublesome. That's when there's a lot of uh, creaking and cracking and popping and usually um, groans, some grunts. A lot of sounds, Matt. That's what it is. It's, it's like a, uh, I'm like a human Foley artist. Where it sounds, it sounds like a building is falling apart. So sitting on the floor is one of the things I'm simply too old for. Uh, some of the other things on this list and uh, lack of sleep. Yes, I used to not be able. To, it, it's funny how your how everything changes, and you never nobody nobody wakes up one day and goes, you know what, I'm getting older. It's a gradual thing, you know. Back in my 20s, 30s, you if I got four or five hours sleep, yeah, I was a little tired, but I could still function pretty well. Now, it's seven hours of sleep, and I'm like, oh, no, I'm not sleeping. I'm so tired, blah, blah. So sleep, you got to have. This was the reason I said that this was a relative thing when, you, when you're saying who's older. This response came from somebody who's 35. Now, 35 to me is not old. Matt, you probably think 35 is a little old, right? It's a little old, but it's still young. A little old, right. And that's okay. You know, you're in your early 20s. Well, it depends for what. Like, All right, playing? new slang. That was what they were, that was what they said they were too old for, new slang. And specifically, they said, um, someone said no cap, and I had no idea what that meant. That's I cap. also have, I also have no idea what that means. What does that mean, Matt? It. The best way I can put it is when you say something that could be a lie. Like if I said, I own 16 dogs, you'd say, Matt, that's cap. You don't own 16 dogs, you own one. What does the cap mean, though? What's I don't know. I was introduced to it to the point and where... what does then no cap mean? Does that mean you're telling the truth? Like be... if you said, I had one dog, I'll go, oh, no cap. No, it'd be the opposite. So it'd be the person who initiates it would say it back. So I would say, Brian, no cap. I have 16 dogs. At oh, home. and then I would say, that's cap? You wouldn't necessarily reply with that's cap. I feel like once <laughs> cap is already said, All right. it's not going to be you. It could be used from the reciprocator, but it usually wow. isn't. See, all right. I got to agree with this one, too. And I think it's funny, too, like, uh, and I do it. I I do it intentionally to sound goofy sometimes. Where there's something new, um, and it's probably not new. By the time I learn it, it's probably not that new. But I like to throw it out as a you know an ironic like, oh look how look how hip I am when I know truly I am not. So new slang, 
old people, old people who catch on to new or older, older adults who catch on to slang that they think is new, we're probably like six months behind. Like, how long have you been saying no cap, Mac? Personally, or how long have years? you been hearing it? I've been hearing it for two about years? three. It's gone three on for years? about three years. Yeah. Oh my God. All right. Now, but wow. Now I do feel old. Three years I didn't know what this thing meant. But I, to, in my defense, nobody's ever said it to me. So, That's cap. <laughs> I get. Does that mean it's true? No, that or means it's that not, true. not true. That means I think you're lying. Oh no, that that is, uh, you know. And then how do how do I retort if I am truly telling the truth? <laughs> Like even the kids at school no, have not said true. cap and no cap. I, I, I don't know. I've never been there because usually when someone says fire. cap, it ends the segment of the conversation. Even if they're wrong, then you'll have arguments. So yes, it, that's it, what I want. Old people like to argue. You wouldn't say cap in the argument because after going back to my dog example. All right. If I said no, I actually have sixteen dogs. Then you would say, "No way! Show me a picture." And then I'd show you a picture, and I just—it gets to the point of proof. You don't right, use well, cap and initiating. I can't prove argument. a negative. I can't prove that no one has said it to me. This is see, this is confusing. All right, I'm I'm <laughs> down with this one too. Um, sometimes, sometimes, uh, you know, what you say is very sus, Matt. I got to be honest. <laughs> going back to, <laughs> going back another three years for that one. Um, Something else that people are simply too old for, and that's what we're asking. What are you simply too old for? Uh, caring for people who don't care about me, putting up with BS, camping on the ground. I've never liked to camp on the ground. Uh, even when I was even when I was young and spry, or as spry as I could be, I enjoyed either a cot or an air mattress. I remember being in Scouts, and we had to dig out a little. Uh, ditch or pit or indentation for your, your hip and stuff so you could sleep. I never liked sleeping straight up on the ground. Never. Even even if I was crashing at somebody's house for a night, like if we were over there, like, oh, you can sleep on the ground. I go, oh, got to sleep on the floor. That's not good. Uh, the heat, waiting in line. I don't really, I, I don't really mind waiting in line. If it's a place I know I'm going to have to wait in line, I kind of resign myself to that fact. If it's a place where I don't think there should be a line, then I get bothered by it. And this one, this is another one, the final one that I, I truly do agree with, not being comfortable. Yes, I. you get to a certain age and you're done not being comfortable. Like, oh, maybe back years ago, if it was 85, 86, I wouldn't turn the air conditioner on because, you know, oh, it costs money and blah, blah, blah. Now... I'm to the point where the minute I start feeling hot, forget about it. I am, uh, I'm turning on the air. I'm going to be comfortable. I'm going to sit in a comfortable chair. I'm going to, uh, you know, the temperature in my car is going to be conducive to my enjoyment. Uh, from the 920, 35-year-old asking, does having a couple drinks feel like you can still get back to your former shape, or do you know that you are out of shape even after you've had a couple drinks? I feel like I'm in the... I'm at the midpoint. Like physical shape or mental shape? I don't know. Yeah, I think, I, you know, it depends what you're drinking. If you're drinking, you know, giant, uh, frothy, sugary drinks, might take a little longer. 
I'm no health expert, that is for sure. And I'm also not a good timekeeper, but I do know that I have to take a break right now, and we'll get back to more on WTMJ. You're listening to WTMJ Nights. Yeah, get to be that age, things happen. Just too old for certain things. Joe uh, jumps in from Caledonia, says, I'm 67 and starting to get too old to heat my home with firewood, which I collect, cut, split, and stack myself. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of work, Joe. 67. I don't know. It's, it's got to be expensive, I'm guessing, to have firewood delivered. But, yeah, you get to a certain point where that just... you. Not that, not even that you physically can't do it anymore. There just comes an age where you just don't want to do things anymore. It's like I've done. I'm almost at that point for picking up after my dogs. I've been picking up after dogs for thirty years. Uh, I'm a, I'm about done now. Am I too old for it? No, physically I'm not. Am I just too too old to want to do it anymore? Yeah, you bet. So. But I, I'm also I'm also never going to pay somebody to come and pick up my dog's uh, my dog's poop. That's you know, I got I couldn't I couldn't sit in the house while the service pulled up and took care of that business. Other people can, I cannot. You know what I can do? I can go to the WTMJ 24-hour news center. That's what I really should do right now because Wyatt Barmore Pooley is ready to give us the news. This is WTMJ Nights. Yes, it's WTMJ Nights. I'm Brian Noonan. 855-616-1620 is the old National Bank talking text line. Jump on in. Uh, we were talking about right before the news in the last half hour, the question was, what are you just too old for? And somebody from the 920 had texted in. They're 35 asking about a couple drinks. They texted back to clarify their question. Uh, I feel like, to clarify, I feel like I can save the age downfall if I just start working out, or do I need to give up at this age? 35? No. No, don't give up. Don't, no, thirty-five. You give up when you're when you're in the ground. That's when you give up. No, definitely you can slow the aging process if you are in better shape. The better shape you're in, the uh, the less your joints hurt, the le the less everything hurts. The better shape, uh, hopefully, then your heart and lungs and everything else are in. So no, even if you're even if at thirty-five you are um, out of shape or you don't think you're in the best shape. Now, are you ever going to get back to uh, like when you were eighteen? Probably not, but can you be, you know, when you get to be 40, will people go, wow, he doesn't look 40? Probably, pretty good chance of that, depending on how you're doing it. And finally, from the 414, major home repairs, uh, rebuilding a deck, and they are 64 years old. Yeah, at some point, at some point it's just easier to, if you have the money, to just go, okay, I'm going to hire a professional, and then I will just enjoy it because... You know, whether it's work or age or just, you know, building a deck is a young man's game. Hire Matt. He's always looking for uh, looking for side gigs. Actually, Matt, could you build a deck for somebody, Matt? Oh, yeah. Easy. Right, see? Deck, and you Matt stain has that it. confidence. I Even got the confidence because I've been doing house projects. A little different now since I live in the city, but when I did not live in the city, everything my family did was by ourselves. Obviously, big projects were big projects, and we had to outsource. Okay. But other than that, everything was done in-house. Wow. Because nobody knows you are Amish, which was uh, very exciting. I drive so a car. Built, I drive a car. You built your own garage. 
I built my own garage. I built my own house. I built everything go. that that had wow. to do my own bare hands with a chisel and mallet. Good times. Wow, that is that's impressive. Sewed your own stuffed animals as a kid. You did it all. Oh yeah, talk about things I'm too old for, man. That like that stuffed animal that I that I sewed back in the day. <laughs> Can't, can't play with that anymore? Don't have it on your No, the stuffed animal place? fell apart five minutes after I sewed it. <laughs> That's not good. That's not quality craftsmanship. You're never going to get a job with time making beanie babies. Not good. It's disappointing. It is disappointing. You know, uh, all right, I've got two showbiz stories. One is a good showbiz story, and the other one is potentially a very bad showbiz story. Matt, I'm going to let you pick. Where would you like to start, good news or bad news? Let's start with the bad news first. Let's end with the good news. All right, I like that. Uh, it's bad news for Lizzo. Did you see this? I I'm gonna be honest. At the I'm gonna I'm taking a little pleasure in this story because I'm not a fan of Lizzo. Uh, I don't really care for her music. I've seen her on some interviews. She just she isn't my cup of tea. Does that mean that she's not talented? No. So uh, you know, that's uh, th- let's get that out of the way. Today, Lizzo's been sued by three former dancers. Uh, They accuse her of sexual harassment and allege that the singer and her production company created a hostile work environment. Uh, One of the dancers, now you know Lizzo is all about body positivity. And I'm a, you know, that's fine. I'm not going to body shame somebody. I don't care. Uh, You know, uh, I don't, I think we all have to be honest about health ramifications, but you can feel good about yourself. You should feel good about yourself. Whatever. So that's not the point. But she fired. She was, she was alleged to have been berating one of her dancers because they had put on some weight. Now she hired uh, big girls, and that was because that was the name of the the reality show where they were trying to they were going to hire dancers. It's it was big girls with R's. There was no I in it. It was just. Uh, Lizzo's Watch Out for the Big Girls was the name of the show. So one of these dancers uh, put on a little weight, and Lizzo didn't like it. So Lizzo was berating her, allegedly. And then she fired her because she was recording a meeting where Lizzo was giving notes to the dancers. Then the other the other people sued her because uh, after a show in Amsterdam, and I... I going to clean this up a little but they were at a show in the red light district of amsterdam and i think we all know what happens in the red light district there was uh there, there were nude performers and lizzo was trying to get her uh people in her show to get involved more in the show that they were watching uh she led a chant to get one of the women to touch somebody and all it, the the woman said she felt horrible. She wanted it to end, so she she went along with it just so the chant would end. Uh, she was also very upset about how little regard Lizzo showed for the quote bodily autonomy of her employees and those around her. Now this this honestly doesn't surprise me, and not just about Lizzo. I've I've always thought that you know you get to a certain point in celebrity. And you do you you're not gonna get to the top without being a jerk at some times. I think what is a little hypocritical if this becomes if uh this is proven, 
that a woman who has built her career telling people to embrace their individuality and themselves and to be proud of themselves no matter what and to have body positivity and who herself is uh, not the stereotypical body size of a pop singer, um, that, that wouldn't... If that comes out to be true, it's not going to sit well with her fans. And Olizzo is going to uh, going to have a rough time. Plus, uh, some of the details, and I, I'm going to save uh, you from some of the details, because quite frankly, uh, they're a little randy, even for me. Not, not for me to, you know, to consider, but for here. Also, many people, myself included, uh, maybe you're at, maybe you're, depends where you work. You're at a work party afterwards or you're a night out with friends. Things get a little wild. And then maybe you regret some of the things you did. So there may be, there may be some of that with these people who are suing too. Uh, you know, they did some things when they were out that they're embarrassed about. And, oh, do I, you know, maybe I'll just sue and I'll say so, something bad happened. So it could be some of that. It'll be interesting to see how this shakes out. But it was, man, it was a big story. So big. And, Matt, I, I know you're a member of the Beehive, uh, you know, the Beehive with uh, Beyonce. I know, you, I know you love her. She did not shout out Lizzo last night in, in a song where she usually shouts out a bunch of female artists. And she usually shouts out Lizzo after these allegations came out. Beyonce did not. Did not shout out Lizzo. Truth hurts. So it's all—it it does hurt. It—it's got to hurt. The, the cancellation could have begun. Dave saying I'm not mentioning banana. Correct, Dave. There's no talk on this program of bananas or uh, anything else that may or may not have been involved in that evening. So we're going to leave that to uh, people. Can Google it themselves. But um, yeah, it's uh, when when Beyonce turns her back on you, things are rough. Things are very, very rough. All right, so bad news for Lizzo. Lizzo, bad showbiz behavior. Good showbiz behavior? Get to that right after this, WTMJ Nights. You're listening to WTMJ Nights. Uh, Taylor's going to shake it off. Brian Noonan, WTMJ Nights. We were talking at the beginning of the show how there's no good news. We just heard about Lizzo with some bad showbiz behavior. And then the queen of all things, Taylor Swift, uh, will take us for the cl- palate-cleansing good showbiz news. Um, Taylor, Swift, Taylor Swift, if you've gone through this summer and not heard about Taylor Swift at all, you must be living under a rock. Her tour is unbelievable it's selling out everywhere tickets are going for thousands of dollars people are filling football stadiums around the country uh things are going so well that taylor swift gave each of the 50 plus truck drivers on her tour a bonus of a hundred thousand dollars hundred grand just walked up here you go uh her dad actually handed out the checks but each check had a handwritten note from taylor uh then he get, they gave uh, so that was about that was about fifty five million dollars for just those not ba- if you have fifty five million to give away and you give it away that's fantastic then she gave bonuses to everybody else um, you know she gave it to the the 
the stagehands and the engineers and the lighting people and the makeup people. Everybody got everybody got these giant bonuses because her tour is gonna make I don't know over a billion dollars this summer. So not bad. There were I think the estimate was she makes about fifteen million a night on these uh, concerts. So couple nights she paid off her gifts now and it's it's easy i've heard people today being skeptical well she has it she should give them uh, they they're getting their salaries they're all getting paid so i think that's great it just it just makes me kind of like taylor swift even more i'm not a i'm not a swifty by any stretch of the imagination so are you a swifty matt i wouldn't necessarily call myself a swifty but i really enjoy her music i do as well all right, so we're. I think we're on the same page. We like Taylor Swift, but I wasn't going to, uh, you know, go down and sit in a parking lot at some stadium to listen to the music outside because I couldn't get in. Uh, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna show up 24 hours before to try to get my limited edition uh, Eras Tour sweatshirt. But uh, if Taylor Swift comes on the radio, I don't turn it off. If uh, you know, if I'm in the car with my daughter and she asked me to put on a Taylor Swift playlist. I'll listen to some Taylor Swift. That would be fantastic. Then I also like the fact that uh, they, at uh, the Seattle Stadium, Lumen Field, they registered seismic activity. I don't know if you remember last year there was a big story about Garth Brooks. He was down at um, at LSU in Baton Rouge, and they did calling Baton Rouge, and people were pounding so much that it, it registered with the, uh, the earthquake people. Well, Taylor Swift did the same thing. Now that is a uh, it's not a traditional earthquake, but there is there is seismic activity when she's rocking out. So now she's going to Los Angeles. She's doing uh, six shows at SoFi Stadium. It's unstoppable. Then she's going off to uh, she's going off to uh, Mexico to start and then start her European tour. So good for Taylor Swift. That's you know what it's a nice story now. Here's a all right, yeah, little conspiracy theory, Matt. Can we delve into a little conspiracy theory? Let's dive. Maybe Taylor Swift gives out these big bonuses after hearing about Lizzo's bad, bad behavior to make herself look even better. Because <laughs> Lizzo, pretty big deal, not as big as Taylor Swift, but now Taylor Swift can elevate herself even more, separate herself from the pack, maybe get Beyonce to shout her out in a song. Why, why would she do that, though? You're playing with house money. Well, I'm just, you know, what can I... What, it I it like, could be I possible, like though. It could be possible. It could be... Listen, even if that's the reason, the bottom line is these people who are who actually are working for a living, not that, not that she's not working for a living, but, you know, like driving a truck or building the stage, that's hard, hard labor. They still get the money, no matter what her no matter what her motives are. So good for her. She, uh, you know, she. Uh, imagine if you're like, what if our bosses walked in tonight, Matt, and just gave us a hundred thousand dollar bonus? First of all, I would immediately call an ambulance because they they've obviously suffered some sort of head injury. But if you're a truck driver and you you know you probably you probably making pretty good money driving on Taylor Swift's Eras tour. And then one day her dad goes, hey, uh, Bob, come here. Uh, here's a little envelope from Taylor. You open it up, it's a check for $100,000. Not too shabby. And you're not going to ask, did you just do this because Lizzo was in Amsterdam doing all kinds of craziness with her 
with her people. No, no. She just wanted you to have it because we are because she is making money hand over fist and she wants to share the wealth. Um, yes. Oh, my. From the 414, Taylor Swift and the Swifties caused the San Andreas Fault to trigger the seismic activity from her concert, and California is ripped off into the ocean. Well, they started it up in Seattle. The whole West Coast might go. Because now they got now she's going to be at SoFi. They're going to be banging. And uh, you know those Swifties, they're, they're having a good time. I mean, she looks like she's having a good time. We're having a good time, too. But sometimes the good times have to be paused, and other things have to happen. Not that business isn't a good time. Let's enjoy it together on WTMJ. Don't. Swift gave you a hundred grand extra. It'd be two tickets to paradise. Maybe you want to have as much money as Taylor Swift and be able to give the people that work for you a little bonus. Well, maybe Friday is the day that it will all come true because nobody won Mega Millions yesterday. So now Mega Millions is up to one point two five billion. It's the fourth largest lottery jackpot in history. Uh, again, now this is what was it? Just a couple weeks ago, it was Powerball was over a billion dollars, and then one person won it. Not fair. Not fair. My wife told my wife goes, maybe you should buy your ticket somewhere else because we got to we got to get to where where people are winning. But because I went out last last night, I forgot I forgot that the uh, Mega Millions jackpot. And we were having dinner, and I was like, oh, no, i got to go get a ticket. So I ran out after, got my ticket. I haven't checked it. I never, I never, I don't know if you check your numbers right away. Like, I'm not sitting there watching the news, waiting for them to announce the numbers. I figure the next time I go in to buy a ticket, I'll check my numbers then uh, with a little scanner machine. And I never used to trust that scanner machine till I won, and I realized that it does tell you if you win something. Now, when I say I won, I won $2 a couple times. But the scanner machine always told me. So, yeah, if uh, nobody nobody matched, so we've got $1.25 billion, cash option of $625.3 million. You know what to do if you win the money. Don't tell anybody. Get a lawyer. And I think they mean like a, an estate planning lawyer, not a divorce lawyer. But, you know, maybe you want to do that too. I don't know. I'm not. Uh, I'm not judging you. Telling you what to do or not do. Uh, an accountant, financial advisor. Uh, Matt, I know you're not playing because you believe in hard work. You don't believe in uh, getting money that you didn't earn. So I know you will not be trying to win the $1.25 billion, which is uh, better for all of us. One more person not in the, in the pool. That's just until my ticket enters. You just never know. Gonna... Oh, so you are going to get a ticket. You got to play the game. Ah, now we're this talking, one actually, right. unlike Uno, has all the rules listed out. That's right. That's <laughs> that's exactly it. You just there's the rule. You buy your numbers. If they all match, you win money. If this many match, you win this much money. You're right. It's very clear cut. You don't have to jump through too many hoops. Uh, Peter says in Wisconsin, there's second chance drawing weekly for otherwise losing tickets mailed into the state up to ten per envelope. Prizes up to a thousand bucks. Oh. I did not know that. All right, I'm going to have to start. I just, once I see that they didn't win, I just tear them up. Because I'm, ne I'm never going to just throw them into the trash can. Because I figure somebody's watching. All right, well, that's a good luck. Friday is the next big drawing. On the other side of the news, it's the drive through window, State Fair edition. We'll get to that after the news, which comes your way right after this on WTMJ. <laughs> 
Butter pecan coffee at Dunkin'. That was pretty good. You mean? Uh, yes. And I was shocked by the bill. Shout out Culver's. Yeah, Shout I've heard very good things about their fish fry. I'm gonna go to Panera. I'm gonna get a bagel sandwich. Doritos and Papa John's are teaming up. Anything that says ranch. That's why I barely watch a western about cattle drives. Uh, because of you guys, I had to analyze the hamburger. <laughs> we eat fast food quite a lot. We talk about it even more. Let's visit the WTMJ Night drive-through window one more time. With Brian Noonan. Oh my goodness, 855-616-1620, the old National Bank Talk and Text Line. The drive-through window is focusing on this state fair, which you know opens tomorrow. Today was Cream Puff Palooza. Uh, Jeff Wagner and WTMJ giving out cream puffs as we always do. Uh, hopefully you got in line. If you did get in line, Give us a holler. Let us know how they turned out. You can either call or text if you were in line. The lines were long, as they always are, when uh, Jeff's out there giving away free cream puffs, and I cannot blame him or blame you for getting in line. Uh, will you be going to – are you working the fair at all, Matt? I'll be working it, but I'll okay. be here. Oh you'll be, oh, you'll be working from this side of the uh, – Oh, yeah. Back in downtown Milwaukee. Well, I'll be I'll be actually at the fair Friday. I'm filling in for Jeff, so I'll be out there from noon to three. And then on the twelfth, uh, I'm sitting in with Steve Scafidi and Sandy Max. The three of us are doing a show on that Saturday, so uh, we'll be there. And of course, uh, WTMJ now, which is Steve and Sandy, Jeff Wagner, and the afternoon news with John and Greg will be out at the fair starting tomorrow. So uh, if you're out there enjoying yourself, stop by the uh, WTMJ studio and say hello. Today was the big Sporkies and Drinkies winners, or was the, the winners were announced at the State Fair. If you uh, know anything about that, you know that there were 19 finalists that were uh, announced a while ago. And today, today they were crowned the best. So the um, State Fair again starts tomorrow. Here are the here are the winners for the State Fair Sporkies and Drinkies, which they do every year. I was not really uh, I didn't really know what was uh, going on, but these are the Drinkies. The winner of the Drinkies is the Ferris Mule, which is a non-alcoholic mule created with fresh blackberries, ginger beer, freshly squeezed lime juice, and agave nectar. It's handshaken, poured over ice, and garnished with fresh blackberries, a rosemary sprig, and a lime wheel. It sounds refreshingly delicious. If you want to have something that looks, you can masquerade if it's if it's that important that you masquerade and people think you have a cocktail. This sounds, but it sounds delicious. You can get that at the Old Fashioned Sipper Club. That sounds really good. Um, then some of the other finalists were the uh, Cotton Candy Lemonade, the Mango Tango Tajin. And the brown sugar sweet potato iced latte. Huh. That sounds... I'm not a big iced coffee person. And I don't... I like sweet potatoes and I like brown sugar and I like lattes. I don't know if I'd like them all mixed together iced. That's... But they were one of the... uh, They were one of the finalists. A runner-up. For the Sporkies, which is the food portion. See, here's the thing. I look at these and I can't... I know I have to do a show Friday, so I'm either going to have to uh, start eating at, you know, when the fair opens, 
or start eating after the show because I can't be eating this stuff during the show because nobody wants to hear me chomping down on the winner, the champion, which beer cheese Wisconsin lava cake. How's that sound to you, Matt? Sounds delicious. It's a uh, Milwaukee Pretzel Company slider bun filled with beer cheese soup topped with butter, pretzel salt, and a drizzle of house-made hot honey and a sprinkling of red pepper flakes. Wow. Yeah. Here's the thing about the State Fair. Worry about, like, to that uh, to that 35-year-old who was texting us earlier asking if they should start working out after the fair. Because you, you don't want to go and go, well, I can't really try all this stuff because I, you know. Now, wait, the fair, the fair will end on the uh, 13th. And then on the 14th, that's when you start if you're planning on going. Second place in the Sporkies was the Porky Sunday, which is vanilla custard. Layered with cheesecake bites and hot fudge. Oh, my. Topped with graham cracker crust, more hot fudge, warm caramel, a graham cracker cookie, and a cherry. Topped with a piece of uh, Rupina's candied bacon, dipped in chocolate, and rolled in sprinkles. All right. I'm going to be in a coma. I'm going to have to have somebody pick me up because there's certain, like, okay. You go to the state fair, you know you're going to have a cream puff. There's no no doubt about it. But then you start wandering around to all these food vendors and you got there there's certain things that you just you're going to you're going to see and everybody's going to be different. You're going to see it and you got to try it. Like the porky sundae and the beer cheese lava cake. That sounds like something that I would have to try. Maybe I, you know, I know on that Saturday my wife's coming to. The, maybe those are the things you split. You know, you get one, you go, hey, you want to try that Porky Sunday? And then the two of you split it, which is, you know, you can justify, well, it's not as bad as eating a whole one by yourself. But I don't think, I, and we'll have to talk to a, a medical professional on this, Matt. I don't think calories count when you're at the fair. No, they're discounted. But when you do the split, it's is it one of those, hey, we're going to split it, I'll have one bite, and then you wind up eating 98% of the thing. And then you Usually, still feel good about yourself. Because I split it. Right, exactly. My wife usually will not eat a half of anything. You know, if, if let's, let's do, now the beer cheese Wisconsin lava cake, that may be a, a split right down the middle. That sounds healthy, a, though. Well, sure. It's Relative to and, other things. Cheese and bread. But the Sunday, I could see her having a couple bites and then me finishing it off. Now, yes, I agree with you. I would feel better because I did technically split it. I didn't say I split it down the middle. I just split it. So to to answer your question, yes, sometimes the split is not as equitable as if I said I'm going to divide this in half. But you know, like if I if I get a uh, one of these uh, deep fried apple pies, and it's a uh, pudgy pie, pudgy pie. <laughs> featuring homemade apple pie filling, sandwiched between two slices of white bread, dipped in French toast batter and deep fried, um, then topped with a caramel drizzle and cinnamon sugar. If my wife takes one bite of that and then I eat the rest, I didn't really split it. Cer certain things I will justify splitting, certain things I will not. So those are your winners for these Sporkies and Drinkies. We've got a few more things about uh, the state fair food, and then we will wrap up drive-through window with one of our uh, one of our frequent flyers in the drive-through window 
in some trouble. Uh, all of that happening right after this on WTMJ. Now, more of WTMJ Nights. And a little bit of chicken fried. Cold beer on Friday night. Yeah, if you like fried foods, a state fair is the place to be. Of course, Wisconsin State Fair starts tomorrow. Uh, you've got Wisconsin Now, Jeff Wagner, and uh, Wisconsin's Afternoon News all broadcasting live from there throughout the fair. And uh, then we're doing two special Saturday shows, one this Saturday, and that's uh, John Mercure, Greg Matzik, and Eric Bilstead. And then on the 12th of August, it's Steve Scafidi, Sandy Max, and myself. And uh, so those are fun. Looking at, uh, you know, the food, that's what, as we're in the drive-thru window tonight, we're just talking about food at the State Fair. Of course, cream puffs are the classic. Cheese curds you can get everywhere. Pretzels, you'll be able to get all kinds of pretzels. Um, brats, hot dogs, that's all there. There is uh, a beer-battered corn dog dipped in cheddar, of course, and then, uh, you know, your basic funnel cakes and stuff. I was looking at the new foods, and there are a number of foods that they're trying to uh, amp up the spice level. That's, the, you know, everybody wants things spicier. Uh, this, I looked at this, and I'm not, li- listen, I'm not casting aspersions, but when they, in the description, when they put caution spicy, when I say, hey, let's have a slushy." You think something sweet and cold, right? They are offering an atomic slush, which they call the world's hottest slushy. Uh, it's uh, made with California Reaper powder, then topped with whipped cream, spicy caramel sauce, and spicy candy pieces. It's a cinnamon slush made with those Reaper peppers. Um, I'm going to pass on that. Then there were no, uh, a bunch of other things that are made with flaming hot Cheetos. Uh, I I get it. Everybody wants to try something and see if they can stomach it. I I don't need to be uncomfortable when I'm eating, so I'm going to pass on all the uh all the super spicy stuff. But I am uh I was eyeballing uh a couple of things. I was eyeballing this brat and kraut cheese curd taco. Again, on paper, your cardiologist might wave you away from that. But I would tell my cardiologist I'll see you after the fair. It's uh, filled with it's a taco shell filled with bites of Johnsonville brat, cheddar cheese curds, and sauerkraut. Then it's topped with beer and brat mustard, and it's fry in a fried flour tortilla. Put me down for one of those. Have you heard? Is there anything? Uh, have you been looking, Matt? Has anything piqued your interest for the fair? Is there anything on a stick you'd like me to bring you back? You can bring me back anything you've read except for that spicy slush. That's a hard pass. I also, spicy food at a state fair, no, I just don't see that working because it's not going to work immediately. (laughs) I don't recommend you consume that before your show. No, the mobile studio not. is a very confined space, and I think what is it, Sandy and Steve, they'll thank you later if you pass on the slush. Yeah. And even Friday, when I'm working by myself, um, the afternoon news folks will be coming in, and I don't want Matzik uh, won't like that. No, I don't want it to look like Spicoli's van when I open the door, <laughs> and there's just a cloud of uh, a cloud of my essence rolling out. I also won't be having the deep fried red hot ice cream. I like a deep fried ice cream, which is ad- antithetical, but uh, I not with uh, red hots. No. All right. So you're you're a food on a stick guy. Oh, yeah. Especially state fair. I am what my family calls a carnivore. Any type of meat, 
sign me up. All right, let's see if there's a, there's a lot of different meats. And a lot of a lot of meat looks good. How about cotton candy jerky? Are you a jerky guy? I can do that. All right, cotton candy jerky. Um, yeah, a lot of the a lot of bacon cheese curds sound good. Dill pickle donut does not sound good to me. Nope. Anytime you try and combine vegetables with a fantastic pastry, stop. All right, that's that's true. Now, however, dill pickle corn dog on a stick that goes together. It's a hot dog wrapped in a pickle, dipped in corn, and then deep fried. So that those at least that makes sense together. A hot dog with a pickle, a donut with a pickle doesn't. How about that? Flaming hot Cheetos bark? No, that's not meat. We gotta, we gotta find you find you some meat. We'll get you we'll get you something. Hopefully they bring everybody back uh, something who has to, you know, who doesn't get to come out. You know, you have to work you have to work back in the in the building. Maybe you can tra- trade with somebody. Come out and do those. Uh, come out and do that Saturday show. That'll be fun. Oh yeah, that'd be All right, great. Listen, yeah, it's it's always fun. Uh, we're gonna do this. Well, no, let's uh, let's finish up uh, drive through window with some bad news for Taco Bell. Uh, and it's not the uh, not the same reason that Matt is advising me not to eat, uh, drink the slushy, or eat anything too spicy while I'm doing the remote broadcast. Taco Bell is being sued by a guy in New York. He's trying to get class action status on this because he claims that uh, Taco Bell advertising does not really represent the amount of meat and fillings you're getting in your Mexican pizza and your crunch wraps. Um. Duh would be my first reaction to that. We all know we've all, all of us have been trapped by advertising. I know I've seen commercials and not often, but sometimes be honest, you see a commercial for a fruit product at one of your favorite places and you think to yourself, "Oh my god, that looks fantastic." Maybe you fell for the uh the Wagyu beef burger at Arby's or maybe uh the last one I fell for was the Reuben at Potbelly. It looked so good on TV. And um, one day I was out running around. I was like, oh, look, a potbelly. That Reuben really looked good. And it was okay, you know, but it didn't look like it did on TV. I mean, it had the same color meat and cheese and everything and the bread, but it didn't look as sumptuous as it did on that commercial. And never for a moment did I go, they lied to me. I went, well, of course they made a super special uh, fancy sandwich for the commercial shoot. And they had, uh, you know... For those, for food commercials, they do all kinds of stuff to make the food look better on TV. Cause let's be honest, most food doesn't look photo worthy, even though a lot of people take pictures of their food at restaurants. But again, the chef and the people in the back are plating those foods for your visual enjoyment. But when you cook food at home, it probably doesn't look as fancy as it does when you see somebody post a picture of their dinner on Instagram or you follow a chef. Well, this guy in in uh, Queens, New York, filed a federal lawsuit or, or filed a lawsuit in federal court in Brooklyn today. Um, he's hoping, like I said, to get class action status to get other disappointed Taco Bell <laughs> customers to say that, listen, I saw a commercial for the Mexican pizza and it looked like it was chock full of beef and beans and uh, I got a Mexican pizza at Taco Bell, and it didn't quite look like that. It looked like maybe it was about half the beef and bean filling. And so Taco Bell is 
is uh, lying to me and lying to the American public, according to this man. And he said it's especially concerning, um, according to the lawsuit, because inflation, food, and meat prices are very high, and many customers, especially lower-income customers, are struggling financially. Uh the lawsuit goes on to say Taco Bell ad advertises larger portions of food to steer consumers to their restaurants for their meals and away from competitors that more fairly advertise the size of their menu. There, I That's called I've, a commercial. That's called exactly. advertising. Right. And they don't say, come get a Mexican pizza. It is so big, you won't be able to lift it without help from your friends. They... Listen, maybe you're, maybe he's got a big screen TV and it just looked bigger on TV. But it is, thank you, Matt. You are exactly right. It is a commercial. They are selling you the best version of that product. Now, if you got a Mexican pizza that didn't have any meat in it, one time, maybe that's a mistake. If you kept going back and it was always that way, you go, well, this is a problem. But to sue, this is, this is what's wrong with this country. Not all the not all the serious political stuff we were talking about before. Frivolous lawsuits. It's like when you spill hot coffee on yourself. And go, oh man, that coffee burned me. Yeah, you ordered hot coffee and then you spilled it on yourself. This is the same thing. I went and got a Mexican pizza and some crunch wraps, and they didn't look exactly like they did in the artist rendering of a crunch wrap on television. Real, but it comes back to us too. Yeah. It's because uh, John Mercure, Greg Matzik, and Tony were talking about it earlier. And when companies have to deal with the lawsuits, if they get in trouble, they have to raise their prices. Right. So oh, now yeah. this disheveled fan money. is going to wind up paying more for his bad Mexican pizza because he complained about it. First of all, if you're going to Taco Bell, uh, quality is probably not your utmost concern. Exactly. Taco Bell is Taco Bell is is there for and it's not even that cheap anymore. Like the last, my wife and daughter like Taco Bell, and they were raving about it. They were raving. I forget what the what the dish they were raving about, and I was like, all right. And again, I'm out one day and I see a Taco Bell, and I think, well, I could probably uh, I could probably eat on uh, Taco Bell, you know, for like four bucks. I ordered a couple things; it was over ten dollars. I'm like, what? When did Taco Bell become so pricey? So, you know, Taco Bell is meant for convenience and price and passable okay food. All right. Oh, from the 920. Oh, I, I, I thought they said they got it. I just want to get the postcard side notice in the mail. Did you purchase a Mexican pizza at Taco Bell between October 2016 and December 2021? If so, you may be eligible for a portion of a class action settlement. And unfortunately, uh, Texter, I, I would like to see that postcard too. But uh, yeah, I was, I was just going to say the settlement isn't even going to cover the cost of another Mexican pizza. You're going to be out of luck. That, but people do this all the time. In March, somebody in Chicago sued Buffalo Wild Wings because he said the boneless wings weren't really wings at all. They were actually pieces of chicken breast. Yeah, duh. Again, think about it. You're ordering boneless wings. You've eaten a wing. Do you want just the shavings of that meat that comes off it? Or do you want like a chicken tender, which is what a boneless wing is? Then, uh, you know, some of uh, McDonald's and Burger King have both been sued for the size of their burgers. Folks, it's fast food. It's not, you're not going to a five-star restaurant. And nobody, unless they tell you, you know, there was that lawsuit where somebody sued 
uh, Subway because the sandwich wasn't quite a foot long. Or that's why, you know, if you order a quarter pounder or you see something written about a quarter pounder, there's a little sign, pre-cooked weight. Because we all know when you cook when you cook a hamburger at home, it shrinks. Well, the same thing happens when they cook it at McDonald's or Burger King. It shrinks a little bit. So relax. And this is the kind of lawsuit where the judge ought to just look at this guy, shake his head, throw it out, make him pay court costs. Uh, then he won't have to worry about having money to go buy undersized Mexican pizzas. All right, we got to do this because there's, uh, there, there's things that are getting us all uh, wound up. That's the drive through window for tonight on WTMJ. Then you're listening to WTMJ Nights. La, la, de, la, de, Brian Noonan, WTMJ Nights. Ah, oh, a little Italian flavor. Do you need it completely silent when you go to sleep, or are you one of these people who like a little white noise? Uh, you know, there's some people who have white noise machines, or they have to leave the TV or the radio on. Maybe you fall asleep listening to the dulcet tones of WTMJ as you lull yourself into a slumber. I need uh, I need it completely quiet. I go earplugs, the whole thing. I am uh, I need to be completely shut down, and that only happened since it started happening once my daughter was born. Before my daughter was born, and, and maybe you're like this too if you have kids. I could sleep through anything. Once my daughter was born, there's always that part of you as a parent that is listening, even subconsciously, for your kid to start to cry or to call out, or even as they're as they get a little older, um, if you fall asleep before they come home, you're listening for the door to open. So now, after being in that mode for so long, everything wakes me up. So I do earplugs. Matt, are you a white noise guy or are you a complete silence guy? I can do either. I prefer silence, but I could do white noise if it was necessary for somebody else. Okay. So like I can fall well it I can fall asleep sitting watching TV. Oh yeah. That's not like you know that's more nap stuff. Um but yeah, I don't know. I don't know about the white noise. That's why I guess I if if my wife needed a white noise machine, she doesn't. She can fall asleep at the drop of a hat. But if she needed that, I would just stick with my earplugs and then I'm Quite, out. It wouldn't deter me from sleeping. But I have a preference. I can fall asleep in any situation. I can too. So I don't know if you and I are both narcoleptic or if we're just tired or if we just uh, are comfortable enough to fall asleep. Because I, I, I can fall asleep pretty much anywhere. Uh, but when I'm going to bed, because that's when, like if you just fall, if you're watching a movie or something and you just fall asleep, that's one thing. Because that, that shows you're just kind of tired. But when you're going to bed... It's a conscious thing to say, okay, now I'm going to try to go to sleep. I have to turn off my brain. Uh, I have to calm my, you know, calm the voices. And that's when it gets hard. Where's the most embarrassing place you've fallen asleep? That's what I got to think about. Like, actually falling asleep. I'd say class. Yeah. <laughs> I can't come up with a specific example because no, I've always tried to keep it in check. But once in a blue moon, I remember second semester, my first year of college, I idiotically scheduled 8 a.m.s four days out of the week. Oh. 
Oh, no. Rookie mistake. And the reason why was because I wanted to do games. I wanted to call baseball games and basketball games because first semester, when you have field hockey and soccer, all those games happen at 4 o'clock because my school didn't have lights on our fields. Oh, okay. But you get into the winter, nobody's playing outside. I didn't think of it. So basketball was always Friday night and during the day on Saturday because obviously an indoor facility has lights. Sure. Similar thing with baseball. It would always be later. But I was like, I need to have myself available. No class afternoon. I need to be available. That came back to bite me because we also got (laughs) sent home during that March. It was the start of COVID. Oh, no. Moving back a time zone on Zoom class so my 8 a.m.s would start at 7 for me. Oh, no. And that would just be a disaster. And it was during COVID. So I was with my entire family all in our place. And so I wasn't entirely on my own schedule of operation. So I'd fall asleep during Zoom class. And that wasn't as embarrassing as, you know, having your head buried in your hands in regular class. But (laughs) it's still not what you want, especially when the professor calls on you. Yes. Then you just got to recover and light the match (laughs) and be ready to go. And can you repeat the question, please? Yeah. Let me think about that for a minute. Can you come back to me? One more time. Hey, not as bad as my classmates. I could tell some stories about my classmates who fall asleep during class. And uh, let's just say they're quite audible with their snoring. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I'm always afraid of if I fall asleep at an inappropriate. Like, I have fallen asleep in um, at plays and stuff, which is very, which is awful. You know, and my wife will elbow me because not because I'm asleep, because I'm starting to snore. A um, couple of years ago, I was teaching summer school, and I was thankfully co-teaching with somebody. And you know, I had been for some reason I was up late the night before, mostly because it's summer. And even though I was teaching summer school, I didn't like going to bed like I did during the year. Uh, and it was really cold or cool in the room and we were watching a movie and it was so it was dark and i was just sitting in the back of the room and all of a sudden i hear all the kids and the other teacher going mr newton wake up <laughs> oh no that's not good and um yeah that that's the worst because then i'm like oh, and then you're groggy because i mean i guess i was out for this whole video. It was like a half hour video that we were watching. I was out and I could not, uh, you wake up and you go, huh, what, huh, you kids, just stop it. (laughs) So that was, that was one where I fell asleep. And then my, we were at, um, we were at Dollywood on vacation. We were in the Smoky Mountains and we went on the Ferris wheel and my wife and daughter were sitting in one car and I was sitting in another and for whatever reason, the, the Ferris wheel stopped for a while, or one of those where you get to the top and it stops to let people out. And Ferris wheels are boring anyway. I, I detest Ferris Especially wheels. Especially in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. Yeah, well, the scenery is nice, but yeah, yeah. I listen. Don't uh, don't throw shade at Dollywood. It was actually. I, I've been to the Smokies multiple times. I love Smokies Tennessee, but a Ferris. Yeah. I, I wouldn't do a Ferris no, wheel. Ferris wheel. No, I agree with you. The Ferris wheel is awful. Uh, but when you when your daughter is little and she wants to go on the Ferris wheel, it's one. It's a ride we could all go on, uh, except it's very slow, and it's you know early in the morning. And there's a picture of me sound asleep, 
sitting by myself at this car on the Ferris wheel. Just out. You could see my mouth open like I'm starting to drool, and I was done. And I don't know if I woke up before I got to the bottom. I, I don't remember how they woke me up. But that was a, that was another bad place. The reason I, I started asking all this is because uh, there is a, an Italian town that used to have a beautiful historic clock tower bell that would go off every hour, 24 hours a day. It was a historic bell tower. Uh, it has been silenced now because people were protesting, uh, B&B owners and uh, tourists and uh they were, they were complaining because it was too loud at night. The bells would go off. Now, the town center is protected by UNESCO. Um, it is, the town is, the town is Pienza in Tus Tuscan. It's a Tuscan town. Uh, the construction of the buildings around the square have been there since 1459. Uh, the bell is now silent from midnight to seven. Uh, because people started complaining. Residents and owners of B&Bs, uh, complaints started coming in from tourists because they digitized the sound of the bell striking. Well, that, yeah, that's not the same. That's like an alarm clock. But here's, here's why I brought up that question. Because now a lot of townspeople are complaining because they can't sleep, because the bell is not ringing throughout the night. They got, it was just so entrenched in their minds that they would hear this bell ring through the night. And it it's like if you live near a train track or uh, I don't know if your apartment is anywhere near the uh, the L, Matt. Oh, yes, but, it is. So have you gotten used to that yet or is it still? It's I'm not I'm about a block away from the L and it's the red line. So there's a lot of trees. You could hear it if you really try. But okay, there's so, so many buildings in between mine and where the tracks are. That you oh, really don't hear it, but you become reliant on certain things to the point where also, if you have it taken away, some people might start setting up alarms as a warning. Oh, you only have two hours of sleep left. Yeah. Yeah, if you hear, if you know, oh, the train comes by at this point, or, oh, I know the, I know the bells at the town square ring every other hour or whatever, every hour. That's how I wake myself up. But yeah, you're right. If you can't, if you get used to it, you can't. So now, for all the people who complained um, and wanted it silenced, now the people who didn't want it silenced can't sleep. So now you got cranky Italians running around because they're not getting enough sleep, and the other people are sleeping. But uh, you know, now they now they live in fear of these insomniacs who are just wandering the town like Walking Dead. All right, we got to do a little business, and then we'll be back. Sure we will. It's WTMJ Nights. Listening to WTMJ Nights. How often do you upgrade your phone? This is, uh, I've been having this conversation a lot at the house. My wife and daughter have, like, the latest versions of the iPhone. So it's, like, the 14 or the 14 Max or something. And I have I have an iPhone 8, which is, it still works. Everything is fine. But I'm being told I need, I need to upgrade because my camera is not the best. And sometimes I don't get, I don't know if this has anything to do with the phone. I don't know if... I don't know if uh, Apple and AT&T are, are in cahoots 
to uh, make my phone not work as well. But I don't get uh, I don't get all my voicemails right away. Like sometimes people will call and uh, then they'll go, "Hey, you never returned my call. Like, what are you talking about? I didn't. You didn't give me a message." And then three days later, all of a sudden, a voicemail pops up. And I'm like, "Ooh, all right. Well, that's not good." Uh, but people. I never understand the uh, early adapters, the ones who have to get the stuff right away. That seems a little crazy. And I'm a, I'm the kind of guy, and maybe you are too, do you keep things until they don't work and then renew them, or do you upgrade stuff just to upgrade it? Like, I have no problem when, um, you know, my wife, just, my wife upgraded her phone, but I think she had dropped it. The phone still worked, but the glass was cracked. So she went in, and they were like, well, you know, you're eligible for a new phone. And that's that's the equivalent of throwing a nice fat worm in front of a fish. They're going to go, hump, and they're going to chomp down. And she did, and then it's like, oh, well, and, the, you know, they sell it to you because, they're, or they get you, because they go, well, you're not, you know, you don't really have to pay for the phone right now. We just uh, we just kind of put it on your bill, and uh, we're going to give you a trade-in, and blah, blah. The problem is, I think my phone is too old for a trade-in. But I I don't know I'm not one of these. What do you have, Matt? Do you have a uh, do you have the newest phone or do you have a phone that just works regular? I'm in your school of thought. I think I have an iPhone eight. Honestly, it's too old for me to remember what type it is exactly. But I got it in May of 2019. Okay, so you've so had it a while. We're going four years strong. It's had its moments to the point where I'm on the phone and. Uh, it dies or the battery isn't as strong as it was or something happens and I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to the store tomorrow. I need to get a new phone. I can't function without a phone. <laughs> and then I fix the problem. It works all right. Yeah. And we still have the phone because I just don't believe that one should get something for the sake of getting it. There should be a reason. Man, you and I are, you and I are more in agreement than people would have thought. I agree with that 100%. If it's now I have I've come to the point where uh today I realized I've had this uh Fitbit that I wear and I've had it uh for uh 6 years, little over 6 years. And I just charged it and synced it yesterday and it's not working today. And when I tried to sync it with the app, it shows it's it's got full battery. And I'm like, all right, six years probably, six and a half years out of a Fitbit is probably the lifespan of a Fitbit. But with the phone, except I panicked a little bit. I was supposed to, last week or something, I had a meeting with the station, and we were and people were texting me, and I was texting them back, and I wasn't getting their, their they were supposed to, they were calling me, and I couldn't, and, I had to restart my phone, and then all of a sudden, all these texts and stuff come through, and I'm like, "Ooh, that was work. That was not. Uh, that probably wasn't the best way to do it." But I got this phone because it might have been. You said you said you got yours in eighteen or nineteen. Nineteen. May of two thousand nineteen. May of two thousand nineteen. So I think Christmas of twenty eighteen. This was when I think the eleven maybe was the big phone. I don't know. My wife and daughter for Christmas had gotten me this phone. Uh, the the newest one with all the bells and whistles, and I was like, I don't need this phone. I, you know, it's too expensive. I'm not going to use all the stuff on it. I I, I don't know what all stuff I wasn't going to use, but I was like, I don't. So I went and um, at that point, I think I had an iPhone four, and I said to the guy, I go, I don't know, would you like a seven? He goes, I can't sell you a seven. 
He goes, the, the oldest one I could sell you is an eight. I'm like, all right, then give me the eight. So that's why I still have this one. Um, but now I'm thinking of upgrading because by next summer, because next summer we're supposed to, uh, to go to Alaska, and I want a better camera on my phone. So that at that point, I figure I've also got my money's worth. But most stuff I stick with till till they die. I wish we could go back. Uh, flip phones, fit flip phones. Pardon me. Wow, it's getting late. Flip phones are starting to make a comeback, and I loved the flip phone. I truly did, and I think I think going back to like a flip phone would be better for me, and I think it'd be better for a lot of us on the surface because there'd be less reason to be distracted. When I had a, my Motorola Razor, I didn't. I only thought about my phone for making phone calls, and it was great. And I was never anywhere and with somebody who was on the phone. It was it was lovely. Now, do I like the convenience of having the little computer in my pocket with the phone? Yeah, but uh, but I did kind of like the technology with the flip phone, and I also loved uh, the ringtones that came with the Motorola, Motorola flip phones. So that was uh, that was a big thing. But it's uh, it's tough. We had a couple texts in on the uh, sleeping. Uh, Peter says I can fall asleep instantly with or without noise, light, etc. I sometimes have it dark and quiet, but other times doze off listening to the radio or television. Regardless, once asleep, I'm very hard to awaken. Um, it jumped. Very hard to awaken, so I have a loud, obnoxious, raucous alarm on my phone because I've slept through violent thunderstorms and a six-magnitude earthquake. Good gosh. Now, I can... Uh, I... Uh, I need the. I can still hear my alarm through the the earplugs. That's. I had to make sure of that, but I can't. I, you know, I can't have uh, all that noise. Uh, we were also. I had asked Matt where the most embarrassing place he fell asleep was. The nine two zero said if passing out from too much alcohol counts, a park bench on the Esplanade in Surfers Paradise in Queensland, Australia, picked up by the police, charged with public intoxication, but broke up a fight. In the back of the paddy wagon, and the cops paid my fine at 5 a.m. after a nice nap on a concrete bench. Well, that story worked out. Yeah, look at that. A little applause for that story. Started off, maybe uh, maybe you were in a jackpot then. You do something good, and something good is done for you. Uh, check out OnePlus and Motorola and a whole bunch of knockoffs. Great tech for 400 or less. Can be unlocked for your carrier if you purchase on Amazon. All right, I will check that out. Thank you for the tip. All right, uh, let's see. Uh, I guess we'll do this, and then we'll come back and say goodbye. It's WTMJ. Oh, more of WTMJ Nights. Thanks for listening and being part of the program. Matt, thanks as always for all your help. I will talk to you Friday morning at, well, Friday at noon. I'll be from the State Fair in for Jeff Wagner. Have a wonderful night. Dave Ramsey on the other side of the news. It's WTMJ.